Hi, Ron here and welcome. We love that you've come to join us here and listen to a lot of our episodes. Please help us continue with this by supporting us through either joining the Barack Center at thebarackcenter.com or joining us at the Fringe Church at thefringechurch.com and sharing and donating through those sources. And once again, thank you for joining us today. Well, good morning and welcome again to Devotions. We're in Romans chapter 3 at the 27th verse. So just uh, terms that just need to keep being redefined and, you know, well, not redefined, but reminded. Um, In this passage, we're going to hear about the law and circumcision. The law is, um, is all the rules. It's how we do religion. Circumcision was the great ritual symbol of religion for the Jewish people. So when you hear the law or circumcision, just think religion. And fundamentally, Paul's not arguing against religion in this passage, but he's just saying you've got to keep it in its place. And, uh, and there's a few things that are more important than how we do religion. So here, uh, here is Romans chapter 3, verse 27. So where is any ground for boasting? about how good we are, you know, how religious we are, how wonderful we are. Well, it's completely closed out. So what kind of law allows that? The law of works, doing things to please God? No, through the law of faith. So we believe that people enter into a right relationship with God by faith quite separately from the works of the law by faith, not by religion? Or is God the God of the Jews only? Again, I'm going to paraphrase as we go. Is God the God of religious people only? Isn't he the God of the Gentiles, the irreligious people as well? Yes. Yes, he is. So if there's only one God, that God, that single God, will bring religious people, the Jews, who keep the law and practice circumcision into a right relationship with himself by faith, and those who never knew the law and who don't practice circumcision also through faith. So do we then, because of this faith way of doing things, completely cancel out all religion, all law? God forbid! No, We're confirming the law. We're confirming religion. Now, this is really powerful stuff and really important. It's just a wonderful, wonderful way for people who, and I'm about to do a whole bunch of stuff today, for people who are coming to Christ and just putting some resources into that. This is going to be some of the stuff I'm going to be talking about. What is the function of religion? Because it messes up all the time. It goes wrong. Paul says, well, if you keep it in its place, it's a good thing. There's a certain kind of religion that virtually keeps a profit and loss account with God. I've been good. I've been bad. I've been good. I've been bad. Now, here's the problem. You can get to a point where you think, I've been very, very good, and God owes me one. And so then when life turns to custard, we we all think, well, there's nothing in this religious business because I've got, I I was in credit. and, And yeah, look at that. And that ain't how it goes. Paul says, look, all of us together as humanity are so far from God. We're so messed up. You yourself, and this is harsh, but you yourself don't really seem to have an understanding of 
how desperate your place was and how badly you defended God. You really messed up. And part of the messed up is you're so flipping wrong in the way you think, you can't even see it. So he says, God is never anyone's debtor. And you can run a religion that's on a profit and loss account. At the end of the day, if you really get your eyes open to what our situation is, you realize we're just in debt forever. So forget that way of doing religion. The rules of religion, the, the good moral codes, the, the community ways of doing things, the understand, they're all okay. But if you, if you try to use that as some sort of basis for, you know, how I'm going, well, Paul says, well, what, what does that boasting get you? Nothing, nothing at all. It won't get you through to God. And he said yesterday, it will only help you understand how miserable your state is. This stuff, this profit and loss religion is utterly destructive to a relationship with God and eats itself because that religion just frustrates us so much that we, we give up, not on religion, on God. So please don't do that. There is no room for you to boast by some moral code, some religious system, by some ritual. You got nothing. Relax is the word. Enjoy the fact you're bringing nothing to the table. God loves you anyway. Now, he goes into the next question. All right. Well, if we're going to act like this, well, is there a right religion? You know, we're going to be so inclusive. We're going to welcome anybody who believes. We're going to say, well, you know, God loves you and it's all pretty and nice and happy. And well, is there a correct religion? Paul says, well, yes. And he takes them back to the way that the synagogue services started every every Sabbath. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. He says, if there is one God, then God is the God of religious people. God is the God of people who are not religious. God is the God of good people. God is the God of bad people, and so on. So religious observance, he says, basically is all helpful. Ritual, helpful. Moral codes, helpful in their place. The way to God, that's not it. <laughs> the way to God is by the grace of God that has been given to us in Jesus. The love of God that visits us in the Holy Spirit. And accepting that, just believing it, just knowing it in your soul. So Paul, is that the end of all religion, all discipline, all moral codes, all behavioral norms? Yeah. You sort of halfway expect him to say, yes, he says, absolutely not. In fact, this way strengthens the law. Because when religion becomes what Jesus described as a heavy load and makes people weary, it's failed. When it becomes hoops to jump through and standards to live and a profit and loss to keep, it's, gonna, it's just going to wear people down. Jesus said, come to me when your religion gets like that. I'll give you rest. I'm gentle, humble lowly of soul, you'll find rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. So a yoke for the rabbis was what they wanted us to believe. The burden was how they wanted us to live. Jesus says, it's easy. It's light. It makes sense. It will turn things around. So there is still a yoke. There is still a burden. Don't get that wrong. Absolutely. We are called to live and love in a particular way. There are things that we should be believing but Paul says, when that comes out of faith that God is good, that I am loved, 
that I've been welcomed home for me as a son of God. How's that? Then all of a sudden, in a love like that, I would do nothing to screw that up. I would simply not do that. Think about your most intimate, beautiful relationships, the places that give you life and meaning. You know, would you go and have an affair? Would you go and commit some dreadful criminal offence? Would you go and do something that would just mess that up, would hurt your kids, ruin your marriage, destroy your career, wreck your reputation, hurt the communities that you represent? <laughs> of course not. Why would you not do that? There's profit to be made. Come on. Well, the reason you wouldn't do that is because you love those people. You love that stuff. You never mess this up. That's what it's like in the kingdom of God. All of a sudden, all of the moral codes, the behavioral norms are not hoops I jump through to get to God. It's just saying in my heart of heart, I would never mess this up. This is just too good. This is too wonderful. I would never, never, never mess with this. Paul says, when faith arrives that God is good, Jesus has saved us. I am forgiven. The spirit of God dwells in me. That's what lights up. We come into the kingdom of God. And surely when we have touched the love and power and mercy of God, yet never mess that up. That's what he's saying. Let's come to God. Let's pray. God, our Father, here's the funny thing. For all that's where we're at, and we do, really, honestly. We put a lot of boundaries around ourselves, to be honest. But, Lord, there are still ways that we mess up. and We still think, oh, why don't I do that? Thank you, Lord, that in this beautiful kingdom and family in which we find ourselves, we are forgiven already. We can come back already. And there's grace already. But, Lord, today I want to thank you for the, the way that we are all living, God, for the progress that we are making, for the increasing you know, year by year growth in grace, where we're finding how less and less we want what the world tells us we want, and more and more we want what Christ wants for us. Lord, thank you that you are changing us. Thank you that you are taking your law away from the Bible and writing it in our hearts. Thank you, God, that we are internalizing this stuff, and thank you that it's changing us. And God, continue to open our eyes to how wonderful this kingdom in which we live is. And God, write in our hearts today the, the thanksgiving prayer. Yeah, that's right. I would never mess this up. And Father, then give us grace, strength and resolve and resilience to never mess this up. Fill us, Lord, with your love, which is that thing that leads us to change. And help us to be a people where the air around us pulses with the presence of the love of God, where our hearts pulse with faith and where the kingdom lives in us and we live in it and it just works. These things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, folks. I'll see you in the morning. We'll keep going. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode. And please, don't forget to sign up to the thebarackcenter.com or thefringechurch.com and help support us so we can reach many more. Thank you again for joining us today. <laughs>